Welcome to Playmakers, everyone. I'm your host, Haley Elwood. It is week 11. The Los Angeles Chargers return home for their second Sunday night football game in as many weeks, this one against the Kansas City Chiefs. So joining me to talk about this game and this opponent is Haley Lewis, a fellow Haley from the NBC affiliate in Kansas City. Haley, thanks for coming on. I think you are the only Haley I've ever met who spells your name the same way. Like the double Y, it yep. means you mean business. I love it. That's it. I mean, we could do a whole separate podcast, I'm sure, on there how many know. various spellings we've gotten. Right, uh, right. Indirectly, indirectly, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, thanks for having me on. I love yeah. talking. Yeah, no, but I do want to get on the record. The double Y is the right way, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's no mm-hmm. other way. Everyone else is just uh, spelling it wrong. So Exactly. Yep. <laughs> With that being said, super excited to talk about this matchup with you. The game obviously gets flexed to Sunday Night Football. Everyone loves Justin Herbert. Everyone loves Patrick Mahomes. Everyone gets to see it on the national stage. We talk about it on the Chargers side. These games are always wild. They're always fun. Derwin James is saying they always come down to the fourth quarter, which it always feels like. From your perspective on the Kansas City side, what are these Chargers Chiefs games like? I mean, it's another AFC West, you know, game. They're always, the divisional games always, no matter what the record is, are always going to be crazy games. It doesn't matter if it's the Broncos, who you would look at and be like, at this point, uh, that's an easy win. Somehow it's going to be something crazy. Totally. And then, right, you got the Chargers and the Chiefs, who both have these young, dynamic quarterbacks who always are ready for a shootout. The passing yards are always absurd in these games. I think you can never count out a matchup like this being just an easy blow up or or excuse me, blow out. It's always going to be something weird or wonky happens. I mean, it it just does. It delivers good primetime television. I think that's why the game got flexed, right? Because everyone sees what happens when you put a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who hates losing and anything to do with it against another quarterback who's kind of pushing at the knocking at the door. Now we might not have, you know, the glorified postseason run that Mahomes has right now, but he also hasn't had the utilities Mahomes has or or the coaching staff that the, the Chiefs have been able to put together under Andy Reid's trees. So I think that this is always a fun one. It doesn't matter if the Chargers are as beat up as they are. This is a game that is a divisional game and it has a little extra meaning behind it. So I think the players come to play, not that they don't on every given Sunday, but this is a matchup that I think is going to deliver. And I think the NFL gods and obviously um, NBC saw that this was worthy of primetime. Yep, couldn't agree with you more. And I laugh when you say weird because that is always how we describe it. It is. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Any AFC West game, truly, but they're just always weird. They're just always weird and wild. It's like the W's in the West, I guess you can just call it that. (laughs) Weird, wild, and what was it? Wet? I don't even know what that would do. Wacky. (laughs) There you go. You know, it's funny to because I want to talk about the Chiefs specifically with you and Chargers fans listening are probably going to go. It's the Chiefs. We know the Chiefs. But granted, these teams are different. They last met in week two. They're going to meet here again in week 11. How is Kansas City a different team from the last time the Chargers saw them? Well, I think one of the biggest things is that the Chiefs have one of the best, if not the best kicker in the NFL, and that's Harrison Bucker, who's basically at the top uh, of all kickers. And he was out after having an injury during week one against the Cards, slipping on the turf, had an ankle. I don't think it was a high ankle sprain, but definitely an ankle sprain that is still bothering him to this day. And now we're in week 11. So he was out in that game and they had to rely on another backup kicker, which 
people don't realize how much special teams matters until it matters. And I think that that's going to play a big role when they have that unit. But also, you know, flash forward to to the, to a team that now has a dude like Kadarius Tony that they just got from the Giants, who's been putting up amazing, you know, percentages. He put up another his first touchdown in the league, his first touchdown with the Chiefs last weekend. So you have sometimes I literally have to sit back, Haley, and be like, how many more offensive weapons does Patrick Mahomes need? They just mm-hmm. continue to bring in people. They bring in Juju Smith-Schuster during the offseason. I'm like, great, awesome. That's a great, you know, a great catch. It's going to be amazing. McCole Hardman's on a contract year. He starts to pick up. Then we bring in more offensive power. We bring in more defensive power. And it's like Brett Veach, who's the general manager for the Chiefs, he just is – he would trade his mom away if it meant that the Chiefs were going to win. So the man brings in anyone and everyone to to build up Patrick Mahomes' arsenal. So I think the Chiefs also, in those first couple seasons, just naturally as any other team does, they work through those kinks. They work through keeping, uh, getting away from keeping games close, not playing with your food, right? Getting rid of it, finishing the game as quickly as you can. And so I think that they had a few of those key injuries in the beginning, and they were also still trying to work through the the timing because the biggest thing in football is that chemistry matters. And if you don't have chemistry with your QB1 as a receiver or as an offensive weapon or even as a running back, if you don't have that developed quite yet, there were a lot of new pieces. So week two, they weren't all together quite yet feel like now mid-season they're hitting their stride which is the perfect time to hit your 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 stride right this is an opportunity to be up three games uh in the AFC West if they win on Sunday so this team is hitting their stride and I think with the new additional pieces they brought in that's the difference you're going to see especially going up and I hate to say it the Chargers are so banged up right now and I know you guys might have a few of those key receivers back this week it's still going to be a really hard matchup when you're down that much in your depth chart Oh, it always is. And and they're always a team that you know offensively they have so much firepower. I mean, dear God, God bless uh, Veach's mom, and hopefully she doesn't get traded. Hopefully she stays. Because, <laughs> because you're right, though. I mean, even when the Tony trade happened, it's like, okay, well, you know, he hasn't totally panned out in the NFL yet, but then he's sure. done what he's done with the Chiefs thus far. And it's like, of course, of course he's working out, and we make the joke on this side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, obviously, (laughs) yeah, Um, we'll get to him in a second, but I want to go back to Patrick Mahomes because he is having what many are calling an MVP caliber season at this Mm -hmm. point. What is working so well for him when really the whole offseason story was what is it going to be like without Tyreek Hill? And I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head. That was the biggest thing is Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill. And I think this is the year that he is proving that he still is going to be great with or without Tyreek. And also Tyreek vice versa is proving that he's still Tyreek Hill without Patrick Mahomes. And I think that was a really big thing for both of those players to prove. And it's really Mahomes. Now that we, I mean, if you look at the, the rest of the league, the MVP is Mahomes' is to lose if he continues to just put up those average Mahomes games. And that's your – he doesn't need to throw or have 400-plus yards every game. As long as he's in that 300 yards, you know, a touchdown here or two, he leads, like, drastically in touchdowns. So he's far ahead of where he needs to be to lock in that MVP. Again, if the Chiefs keep winning and he keeps putting up average Mahomes games, then he's going to be great. And I think the biggest difference is – proving that down you know he's fifth year as a starter proving that he can continually do that because they're greats all the time right but continually being great is what makes you one of the goats right that's what makes you a Tom Brady is continually putting those type of years back to back to back and I think he's proving hey 
I am taking the check downs. I'm not always throwing out Mahomes magic. I'm maturing in my game. I'm comfortable staying in the pocket. And I think for him, that's been a really big advantage of why he's being in this conversation of MVP this year. I think it's a great point you make because sometimes I think we take greatness for granted. I think we're sometimes so used we're to, numb to it. We're numb to it yeah. because when, when these certain caliber of players do it at a high level, it's even like Justin Herbert last season. It's like, well, great. You know, there's another like record setting year. Like there's another franchise, you know, yeah. record rookie, you know, first two year player record, whatever it is that you almost take it for granted, but the consistency is so key. And that yeah. is what we are seeing from him when, you know, we've sort of seen them maybe have go through some rough, rough patches over the last right. you know season or so, but then they figure it out. And he's certainly got it figured out this year. <laughs> it seems to be clicking and I'm not going to complain. So, yeah. So let's get to Kadarius. Tony, you mentioned he scored his first touchdown last week. What has he added to this offense? <laughs> he's a smart man. I'm going to tell you yeah. that he, yeah. he is, he's a young kid but he's smart. We were even talking with Travis Kelsey the other day who was talking just about how high his football IQ is. And whenever a trade happens, the guys are in the locker room and they're kind of thinking, okay, this is great, but what what's wrong with him? You know, like, does he have an attitude okay. issue? Is yeah. he not a team player? What's going to be, what's going to be the factor that we're, it's like, oh, I get it. That's why it wasn't clicking in their locker room. And that's why we're going to have, like, what are we going to have to put up with to use his talent? And in speaking with Travis, he was like, there's nothing, there's nothing you have. To, I'm, I'm, sh I'm just as shocked as everyone else is. The guy is smart. He's a hard worker. He puts his head down. He learns the playbook. Coach Reed, Patrick Mahomes, they're all singing his praises of how quickly he's picking up this offense. And, and Andy Reed offense is not easy to pick up, especially for what he asks of his receivers to do. It usually takes them multiple years to kind of get that second nature of what route they're going to be. Um, but he has been just phenomenal off the bat. And then you see him in practice. You see how well he did on uh, the few special teams reps he was getting. And then you see he has just an amazing game against the Jags. He basically hopscotches into the end zone on one foot. So open. Right? And then down the field, he has two defenders on him. And he's, he's. Uh, I think the best word to say, he's calm and comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's something that they need in their receiver room. They have a lot of speed. They have a lot of skill set. But can you pair that skill set with the high football IQ and come together with a kid who's actually all about the team first and rather, rather winning in his own individual stats? And it seems like that's what they have found in Tony. When we talk to him, the man is humble, down to earth, easy to talk to. But to hear that from other players, that's when you're like, okay, th this kid is really the real deal. And he showcased it here in KC. And maybe this is the system that better fits his skill set and is going to prove why he deserved to be a first rounder. So we'll, the, 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 just the very tip of what we've seen for him. So I'm curious to see how he goes down the stretch. I bet he's going to be a, a huge part in this postseason. Well, and I think he's a huge part right now because as much as you mentioned all these different weapons for Patrick yeah. Mahomes, there is some attrition that the receiver room is facing yeah. right now. What are some updates that you may be able to share on some of those guys who may or may not be available on Sunday? So we had good news today. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is back at practice. He was dealing with some kind of illness yesterday. He was back on Thursday. It's looking like he should be able to go uh, this weekend. The biggest one is really Juju Smith-Schuster and McCole Hardman, who McCole has been out. He missed last week. That was his first NFL game since being drafted in 2019 to ever miss. And it's due to what they're saying is illness in the abdomen. Um, 
we don't know exactly what that means, but we do know it's serious. We know that he has, uh, from other reports, been in the hospital dealing with certain things. And again, we don't know what it is, and I can't officially say anything that it, that it is. It's just from speculation of, okay, he's he's not feeling well because he missed the game, and now he's been out all of practice this week as well, missing yesterday and today. So that's not looking hopeful. And that's, you know, one of Patrick Mahomes' favorite targets, especially outside of Travis Kelsey. That's a main target for him. And then you look at Juju Smith-Schuster, who has, again, hit that stride with with Mahomes. And now kind of they're finding that perfect timing. You saw him come up big in the last three games. And he took a violent hit last week against the Jags. And, I mean, he took a hit so hard that – you know the brain injury is so serious when your hands, we all saw Tua do this, when your hands start going back, um, it's just a brain's natural reaction to taking damage like that. And so he was in concussion protocol immediately. He's still in protocol. Uh, Heck of Andy Reid saying yesterday, it's a day-by-day thing. We'll find out maybe Friday if he is able to get out of that. But we, you know, that's an up-in-the-air thing. So if those two top receivers are out, a lot of that work is going to have to fall on other receivers like Justin Watson, who they got from Tampa, who he's been huge in clutch opportune times, and then also rely heavily on their new addition, Tony. It's kind of interesting because it's like two down, there's still four to go. So unless yeah. you're going to get rid of a six-man wide receiver room all in one plague, I don't know how you're going to really stop the Chiefs, but I think they'll have enough weapons. It's just that those are two key weapons they're going to be missing. So especially against the Chargers defense, it's going to be a it's going to be a challenge for sure. Well, moving from the air to the ground, another challenge that this Chargers defense will face is going up against the Chiefs run game. They saw a lot of Clyde Edwards-Alaire in week two, but what is going on with that rotation right now? Yeah, he's not there. <laughs> he's, he's uh, they say, they said today, uh, the offensive coordinator, Eric Bannemi saying today that we give it to the hand that's hot. It's nothing to do with Clyde. It's just having to do that. Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie is hot right now. So we're going to keep continue feeding him and feed Jarek McKinnon in those third down situations. And that's going to be the rotation until something switches. Clyde's handled it like a professional. He's been coaching up Pacheco on the sideline. You see him after a fumble or after Pacheco had a fumble, he's the first one over there telling him, keep your head up, keep yourself in the game. I mean, he's been a class act through and through for a rookie who seems to have taken his starting position. So, I mean, from what they're saying this week, expect to see very little of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Expect to see a lot of Jarek McKinnon and Pacheco. Uh, That's going to be, you know, if they're going by the whole feed the hot hand, then that's probably what's going to be happening. And and it's unfortunate, but it hasn't worked out for for Edwards-Alaire. It really hasn't. And then he had a bright start to the season. But again, it kind of faded back again in the run game. And that's something the Chiefs have not been able to develop fully or to to the ability that they've wanted to develop it. So... We're going to see how things shake out, but I expect to see a lot of Pacheco, especially against uh, it's kind of nice running against the Chargers. So I know that they're going to probably try to plug it as much as they can. A lot of attrition there. A lot of attrition, (laughs) specifically two more defensive linemen placed on injured reserve this week. It has been a tough go up front. I mean, I've been with the team for nine seasons and 2015 was a really horrible injury riddled year. This is probably second to that. It is just really rough sauce, but. Yeah. You never want to hear that too. I always, you always want the Chiefs to play the most healthy team, right? Yeah. Everyone, you want everyone to be healthy because you want to see the best go at the best, but that's what football is. And um, we'll just have to see how it pans out. It is. So now let's flip to the Chiefs defense. I was listening to Sirius XM NFL radio the other day. Pat Kerwin was on his Move in the Chains program and he was talking to a Chiefs fan who called in and they were talking about the Chiefs defense and he Lord. mentioned 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all good. As the season rolls on, it's a good thing for you guys. Packer was saying as the season rolls on, he feels like the Spags defense really finds its groove and hits its yes. stride. Is that how you feel? They're like a week 11, week 12 kind of crew. Maybe, we, alive kind maybe of crew. we'll throw a week 10 in there. Spags has a hard defensive, I mean, a hard defensive playbook to learn. In talking with veterans who have come, we had a guy named Justin Reed come in this past season as a safety from the Texans. And I remember one of the first things he said was, this is the deepest, hardest playbook I have ever had to learn. And his, I mean, this is a, this is a engineer from Stanford who's got a football IQ probably higher than most of our regular IQs. Like this man is smart. And he was like, this is a deep playbook and it takes a long time to learn. And I think that shows by the Chiefs defense hitting their stride late. You got, of course, a, a lot of returning players who already know the defensive playbook, but you're bringing in a lot of rookies this past offseason. And you also brought in a veteran like Carlos Dunlap. Uh, Frank Clark was out the past two couple of games. So now it's kind of like everyone's healthy and everyone's back and all these rookies are no, and they even said it today. The rookies are no longer considered rookies. Okay. It's week mm -hmm. 11. You either got it or you don't, and you're either learning it or you're not. And the defense seems to be like hitting their stride because they're all of a sudden learning it. And I don't know what it is to do with Spag's system or what it is to do with this Chiefs unit, but for some reason it picks up at the right time. And that means the Chiefs are winning at the right time down the stretch, which is postseason play. So, I mean, it's all good things here. So when it comes to some of those rookies, one that the Chargers did not see in week two was Trent McDuffie in the secondary. Right. He is now back. What has he shown in his return to this defensive lineup? Well, he had one hell of a pass breakup last last week against the. Sorry, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but against the Jags because it's it's true. It was so impressive that this rookie. Also, he you know he went to like the DB Nation in Washington, which they really pride themselves on their secondary. But the thing is, the Chiefs traded away Rashad Finn, who was their kind of their their veteran player in the secondary, and now the majority of their players in the secondary are all like 23, 24 and under, uh, I think 26 was the oldest and that was Rashad. And they obviously were, were part of ways with him. So this is a very young defensive secondary and they've picked up things pretty well. And like I was saying, the rookies are no longer the rookies anymore. It's week 11 and they pride themselves in that. When we were talking with, with Trent earlier this week, he was saying the things along the lines of, we take so much pride in the fact that we're able to have the success we do at this very young age. And we're going to continue to use that as motivation to show this league that we mean business. And he is a key element of it, not only because of his athleticism, but his football IQ and the fact that he is a natural born leader. And if a team trusts a secondary that is that young to be in the hands yeah. of this, this new rookie, then obviously this kid's something special. So he immediately showed an impact in the past, these two weeks that he's been back now and I, I continue to hopefully against uh, a quarterback like I asked him about that yesterday like you're going up against Justin Herbert this is a guy who you know can sling it uh, and he can throw it throw it very long downfield are you guys ready for that and he's like honestly I'm just eager for the challenge I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not gonna talk any trash on Herbert I'm just ready for this challenge so it'll be interesting to see but he's been a, he's been a dynamic part not only because of his skill set but because of his leadership well, we look forward to this challenge. Final question for you. What do you think is a key or a factor in how this game plays out? I think it's special teams. Okay. I know, again, I know that we both know this. We both know that both offenses are going to do exceptional things. 
Whether that's because of Herbert or Mahomes, who knows? But they always just do freakish things when they see each other. I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even concerned. And then you see the defense, and the defense always comes up big. And somehow Mahomes and Herbert always get sacked in these games. So I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned about whose third unit, which is going to be special teams, keeps it intact, keeps all those little things you don't think of during the game in a very, very clean unit. And if they can have a clean game, then I think it's going to be really important. They're missing one of their their big guys, Chris Lamonts. He's in concussion protocol for the Chiefs. He's kind of one of those multi-phase uh, special teams guys that they use a lot. And so they're going to have to use multiple people to fill in that role for him. And it's going to be a lot of young guys to do that. So leadership in the secondary also, now that they have their starting kicker back, he's missed a lot of PATs and field goals in the past couple of games. And that is so uncharacteristic-like out of him because he's still injured. So I think that third unit, a lot of people think, oh, yeah, it's just offensive defense win the game. But it really special teams has a huge role that we almost just take for granted. So I think that's going to come into play in this one because Mahomes magic, Herbert throwing a long ball. I mean, that's just going to happen. We know it's just the the, the tired, you know, storyline. So this one's probably going to come down to who can keep it clean on special teams. I love that answer because that's a phase that never gets talked about. It's like an offensive lineman. You never want to talk about it. You never want to hear the numbers called unless it's something good because usually it means it's something bad. But it's a great answer. Haley, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate it. I appreciate always being here. And I wish I wish I could see you in person and we could we could uh, meet up in L.A. But hopefully sometime in the postseason, we'll see how things go. We'll do a little Haley meetup. That's it. There you go. (laughs)